I want to start by just saying this. Today we're going to look at, at the topic of heartache, heartache. And, and, and it's defined, if you were to look it up, as emotional anguish or grief. And oftentimes, um, great heartache is the result of experiencing great heartbreak. You know, those two things really uh, are tied to each other. And it's often the result of very deep loss, whether it's the loss of uh, someone or relationship with someone or just the loss of something that was very significant in your life. Listen, heartache can cause deep emotional pain, and, and the difference is sometimes it can be greater than the physical pain that we even feel in our lives. But why? Because it, it lingers on. It's not just in the body, it's in the heart, it's in your spirit. Listen, if we don't know how to deal with heartache, time and statistics prove that it will deal with us. I want you to hear that part right now, and I want you to write that down in case. If we don't deal with it, it will deal with us. I have, time is on our side with that, and statistics prove it. Listen, it can quickly take us down a path that we never planned to go. Some people, as a result, they'll spend the rest of their life or most of their life completely miserable and making the people around them miserable because they, they're, they're, they're bitter, not better. You know, when you go through a trial, you either get better with time or you get bitter with time. Some people, they, many people actually do this when they try to cope by filling themselves with the drink or drug of their choice. Okay? In my family, we, we joke, but sometimes you're not joking. If you're having a real tough time, you're like, listen, I think I'm about to go up there to the bar. And sadly, many people, once their pain becomes, uh, it keeps snowballing and it keeps growing, and maybe one heartbreak adds to another heartbreak, one unresolved issue leads to another unresolved issue, and before you know it, um, people who would never otherwise consider taking their life, they attempt to take their lives. In fact, several million attempt it every year, at least three plus million. But did you know worldwide at least 700,000 people die by suicide per year worldwide. It's, I, I believe uh, among people in general, it is, um, it is the 12th leading cause of death. But a statistic that was very staggering that I haven't even put in my notes that I remember seeing this weekend is this. Age 15 to 19 is the fourth leading cause of death. Let that sink in, parents. In fact, even people that might hear me on a message, parents, grandparents, it is, in, it is significant that you try to get your children to church because you can do everything under the sun for your children. I know this. I have four boys. You can do everything under the sun for those you love, but only Jesus can give them the missing piece. Okay? And you've, you've got to understand that, and, and that's a whole other message, but at the same time, all of this is about Jesus. Listen, heartache, it is often associated with great emotional pain, disappointment, and grief. There's not a person here that has not experienced heartache or won't experience heartache. You might not have yet experienced the greatest heartaches of your life. Some of you, you already have. And as I often say, you know, the, the, the greatest heartache usually is the one right in front of you, if it's great. Listen, there's not a person that, that won't continue to deal with heartache this side of heaven. Therefore, we've got to know how to deal with it with God's help. So I want to encourage you today through uh, this message, through God's word leading on how to deal with the, even the most brokenheartedness, okay? 
I want to start out with three things that really matter. Sort of, I guess you'd say, this is a foundation. I could put this with any message, but God led me to put this with this message. I want to go through it real quickly. Three things that really matter to get your head right, to get your heart right, to get your life right. Number one, your view of God matters. Your view of God matters. Listen, the devil does everything he can. I want you to hear this because some of you, you don't even know that the devil's playing you. So you just keep letting him play you? Because see, when you don't know something's happening or you don't address something that's happening, it just keeps happening. But you need to hear me that the devil does everything he can to distort our view of God. He doesn't just do it with you. He does it with pastors all the time. Do you not think that he does the same thing with me as he does to you and be like, well, if there is a God, then why does he allow this? Or where is he right now? Why can't I feel him? Why can't I see him? He wants you, number one, he hopes you don't believe he exists, period. But if he can't get you on that, then he wants to lead you to believe that, hey, you know what? God may exist because it's like, as we talked about last week, it's kind of hard to deny, but he doesn't love you. He doesn't, he doesn't help you. He won't help you. If he can get you there, he can take you down. Second Corinthians 10, 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Listen, you, your number one goal in life needs to be this, to know God and to make God known. That's why you were created, to know, to know the one who created you and to make him and his son known. And number two, your knowledge of truth matters. Your knowledge of truth matters. Listen, we all have a truth, whether we think so or not. We all have a truth that we choose to believe that we allow to guide our lives, okay? Some people, but very few people, do they ultimately believe that the word of God is the ultimate authority for their lives, okay? There's many professing Christians outside of the church especially. They, they, they like to fit God into their lives, not let God lead their lives. And so when you're not letting God lead, I want you to understand there's only one or two alternatives. Either God's leading you or the devil's um, leading you. Either God's working in you or the devil's playing you. You're not leading yourself. You're being led. There's two kinds of truths. There's, there's man-made opinions, okay? We call that relative truth. Everybody wants to keep changing in society. It just happens generation after generation after generation. Hey, here's the new truth. We're in 2022. Well, I want you to understand there's only one truth that is the same in 2022 just as it was 2022 years ago, and that is God-made truth. Not only does it matter that you know God's truth, but it matters that you choose to believe it. I want you to hear this. Believe it, and then you have to choose to receive it and, and, and obey it. Because, again, it does, no, it does no good. It's just information if it's knowledge, but it's transformation if it's applied. John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, he said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. By the way, he often said, listen, um, uh, if you love me, obey my commands, Okay. You, you, you ever have somebody, you say, listen, you show me your love, you don't just tell me your love? That's how you show your love for God. You, you obey what he tells you to do. And it says in verse 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen, the only way to counter Satan's lies is by knowing God's certain truth. Because in the midst of uncertainty, you have to know certainty. Otherwise, everything's uncertain, and you will get somewhere you didn't plan to go. Listen, no matter how much truth we do know, we've got to keep learning and, and growing. And, and listen, here's why you've got to know the truth. 
You have to keep learning the truth because the more truth you know, the more false teaching you'll recognize. You'll know it when it's not God. You'll know it when it is God. 2 Peter 3.18 says, You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. Listen, knowing God's truth matters because it is truth you can bank on. When you can't bank on anything else, when COVID all of a sudden makes all the world crazy to you and you go, man, what is happening? Understand, God is still God. His word is still true. And if you apply it, it still changes lives. In fact, it saves lives. But thirdly, your trust in Jesus matters. Your trust in Jesus matters. You need to know that Jesus can be trusted no matter the level of your heartbreak or your life situation. And only by trusting in Jesus can you walk through anything. Sometimes we think we're tougher than we are, and I just want you to understand, all it takes is a millisecond for God to deflate us, and we realize that we can't even walk without him holding our hand. Okay? Most of you that don't know me, even know the people hear it all the time from me, you know, my, 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 my legs, the reason I sit down so much, normally my legs are not underneath me. I had not even, I had, I had been up maybe 40 minutes total this morning and, and then walked through this door and as soon as I was even walking through the door, my legs were already out from underneath me, okay? I sat over to that side. It, what, it, what it does for me whenever I have this or that, it just absolutely deflates me. Takes all my strength. I get nauseous. I, 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 I feel, as my daddy used to say, weak as pond water. But the thing is, I've learned that that's okay. Because you know what I asked God to do? Even right here when I was praying before I got up here, I said, God, go ahead and recycle my weakness into your strength. So I, I, I always know, usually when I'm the most confident and the most prepared and the most expectant, um, again, the devil tries to bring something along, I know he does it in your life too, to deflate you to discourage you, to distract you. And you have to remember, just as I do, that the only real peace that I have, dear Lord, is in you. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts, I want you to hear this part, are fixed on you. You know when you start sinking is when you're no longer looking at Jesus. You're just referencing Jesus. You start sinking whenever you take your eyes off the one who holds your heart and helps your heart. You will always start sinking that way. Listen, the Lord must be your strength in the good times and the bad times and definitely in your heartbreak. Only in him can you find lasting peace, lasting strength, and help through anything. In fact, I think the greatest thing you can learn is how to trust Jesus no matter what. Because as you do, even while you feel like you're, you're, you're weaker than you've ever been, you become stronger than you've ever been. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. See, it's, it's an all-in thing. It says he helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Listen, the deepest heartache, it often clouds our view. It ramps up our emotions but it's so important, especially in these times, that we keep focusing, keep trusting in Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you've heard it so many times, but it's just, it's just such a powerful verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Sometimes you have to understand, just because you don't understand doesn't mean that God doesn't know what he's doing. 
Jesus said we can have peace in him. He never says that we can have peace apart from him in this world. Now, I want to share with you seven key things that you need to know if you're going to um, overcome and get through uh, heartache. Number one, you need to know that you are not alone. You need to know that you're not alone. Last Sunday, we looked at, at a message that was entitled, God is with us. And that wasn't words I came up with. God just gave me the inspiration from his, from his word and showed me the clear ways that we can know that we know that we know that God is with us. In case you missed that message last week, please go back and listen to it. But one of the verses we read was Joshua 1.9. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen, God says, I will not leave you no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through. Listen, we're not the only ones going through heartbreak. Is something everyone experiences. Just because people don't share their heartache with you doesn't mean they don't have heartache. You always have to be mindful of that. Everybody has heartache. In fact, Jesus experienced it himself. You need to know that Jesus can identify with your heartache. Hebrews 4.15 says, This high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. Listen, Jesus faced heartaches. Everyone on this earth faces heartaches. And the scriptures say that you will always face many trials, many sorrows, many heartaches in this life. And therefore, listen, you have to know that in order to find peace in Jesus, not in your situation, you've you got to keep your faith in God through Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 says, stay alert. I want to read that one part. Listen, it says, stay alert. Sometimes we don't stay spiritually awake, and so that's why we don't stay spiritually focused. That's an intentional thing, by the way. You have to be very methodical on that, no matter who you are. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. What's that scripture saying? You are not alone, but the devil is after you. It is a, listen, we're not, we, we're not always in a physical battle, but we're always in a spiritual battle. As, as, as one person once said, and I've never forgotten it, you know, we don't, we don't live on a cruise ship. Those only last a couple days. We live on a battleship. And that battle is real. But you need to understand you are not alone. We want you in this place to know you're not alone. In fact, we hope that you don't walk alone. But secondly, you need to know that God is very close. God is very close. Listen, God doesn't abandon us. He doesn't abandon us even in our deepest heartache, even in our greatest misunderstanding. In fact, he promises to walk even closer with you. I want you to hear this part. Because some people aren't thinking this during their heartache. See, see, our heartache distracts us so much, discourages us so much, gets a hold of us so much. Um, the only thing we can think of is the heartache, okay? So the heartache has us like this, all right? In fact, it even, it even starts hindering our prayers because all we can think is, hey, I want to feel better, I want things to get better, and, and what have you. And I want you to understand, sometimes the only way you can get back in condition and stay in condition is prayer condition, and when you can't pray for yourself, you need to find other people that will pray with you and maybe stand in the gap for you. But the Bible tells us that God wants to get even closer to us in the heartache. I believe he's, it's when he's trying to get our attention the most. Maybe we've ignored him. Maybe we've not been walking close with him. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. 
He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I want you to write this down because it just came to me. God oftentimes will resurrect your spirit before he changes the situation. Oftentimes, the, the, the number one prayer you need is, God, revive me, not fix me. Revive me, not, not change this. See, everybody wants a bailout. And, 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 and God's trying to become your best friend. He wants to walk with you, not just do some miracles for you. He wants to have your whole life. He wants to have your whole heart. Listen, it's often in our brokenness and in our heartache that, that we truly are able to draw closer to God than ever before. Here's how you do this. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. It tells us very clearly. Here's how you get in step with him. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. See, God can see your heart. He can tell when all you're saying, God, do something for me, versus God, I'm giving you me. Okay, he's looking at the heart. You're looking at the outside appearance. And when God can tell your heart is sincerely seeking him and not just looking for him to fix you in a season, but you're going to commit your life to, for the rest of your life to him, then, then that's whenever you begin walking with him instead of just hearing about him. We are needing to walk closer to God than ever. He's right there going, hey, I'm right here. It's not that he walks away from us. It's the fact that we get either distracted or we look to other things or other people to fill a God-shaped void. But thirdly, you need to know this, that God will comfort you. God will comfort you when we can't comfort ourselves, okay? And I know I've been there before, and I know many of you have. When we can't comfort ourselves and there are no magic words of others, God will comfort you no matter where life finds you you know isn't it good to know that no matter what what unexpected is around the corner that you don't expect God's going to be right there he's going to hold your hand and he will be as close as you will allow him to be Psalm 23 4 says even when I walk through the darkest valley I will not be afraid for you are close beside me your rod and your staff protect me and they comfort me. 2 Corinthians 1.5, read it out of the Amplified Bible. It says, blessed, gratefully, praised, and adored, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us and encourages us in every trouble. I want to stop right there. Most of the time, we think we can only have the joy after the struggle. When you can have the peace of the Lord even greater in the struggle, if you can reach to him and take his hand in the struggle. It says, so that they will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort with which we find ourselves are comforted by God. For just as Christ suffers ours in abundance as they overflow to his followers, so also our comfort, our reassurance, our encouragement, our consolation is abundant through Christ. It is truly more than enough to endure what we must. That part really stuck out to me. It says his comfort, it is truly more than enough to endure what we must. 
Listen, it's in the greatest heartache we can find the greatest closeness, the greatest comfort. In fact, oftentimes, listen, as they say, that is where God becomes real. You don't even know how to latch hold of him for real until he takes every single training wheel off your bike. That's whenever you really, really learn to walk with him. That was the case for me. I still remember being at the, the front of the subdivision that I was living at when I, when I first um, uh, had my first uh, back surgery. And, and I was out walking, and, and, and I, I would walk two miles a day, about 30 days in. I walked two miles a day uh, pushing, again, the, the old men um, walkers with the tennis balls. I'd clean them things clean on off. Thank God I had a lot of tennis balls. And I remember God just making it very clear to me as I was, as I was making one of the laps. And he's like, listen, son. I'm taking you on a faith walk. I'm taking you on a faith walk. The problem was I thought that I was in the fourth quarter to that. You know what I'm talking about? You thought, that, you thought the struggle was close to being real. You're like, God, I got the memo. I got the point. You can quit playing jokes now. Let me get back to my life. But, but listen, it's in, if it wasn't for those times and if he didn't let me stay in timeout, anybody else been in timeout before? Um. I would, you would not, I would not be where I'm at. I would not be where I'm at. I would not have what I have to share with you. Listen, whatever stuff you're going through is the very stuff that God wants to use to show you his comfort as well as to teach you his comfort so you can share that with other people. When you find other people who've been through something similar as you or exactly what you've been through, you, listen, you need to look and say, listen, I, I can't go home without saying something to that person because that's, that's meant to be a part of my tribe. Uh, listen, when I, whenever I'm anywhere, I don't care where it is, and I notice that someone uh, clearly deals with chronic pain or chronic illness, I don't forget where I've come from. And I'm like, listen, I know what it's like to, to be stuck over here, to feel limited right here, or whatever. And so that's my, listen, the, the, your greatest mess, write this down, your greatest mess is God's greatest mission. Understand, for God to comfort your heart, you have to give it to him. Why? Because number four, you need to know that God cares about you. You need to know that God cares about you. God sees all of your heartbreak, and God cares about your hurting heart. Listen, you, you don't have to catch God up to you, all right? I want you to hear this. You don't have to catch God up like, like you're like, God, okay, I don't know if I should talk with you this way or this way. But God, I want to kind of catch you up on what's been going on in my life. There I go, trying to make a voice again. But you're trying to catch God up. You don't need to catch God up. Yet prayer is not for God to catch up with you. Prayer is for you to catch up with God. Prayer is, prayer is where you give it to him. Prayer is communication with him. Prayer is a relationship with him. Prayer is, is, is coming back into communion with him. God cares about you. Psalm 56, 8 says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Isaiah 46, 3-4, God says, I made you, and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. Listen, God hears your cries for help, and he will restore peace and order in your life. But you have to make sure that when you think you're giving things to God, you don't keep pretty much keeping 90% of control, you got to give him the entire wheel. That, my greatest confidence as a pastor and as a child of God came when I learned to, to just every moment say, God, 
this is your day, this is your hour, this is your minute, this is your ministry. Listen, God knows what you need. It, the scripture says don't worry about things, but give God your cares. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Write down this reference, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I don't have it on the screen. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. What does it say? It says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Give God your, your worries as well as your thanksgiving, because don't forget what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do. Don't, you, you, you thank him for all he's done, and then you give him all that you can't do and you need done, and he already knows needs to be done. And then the Bible says that his peace will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Why do you get to have peace? One, because you realize the things that God is doing. Two, you realize that everything that's going on, you put in God's hands. So you have peace because you've taken it off of your shoulders. Put down this reference, Psalm 56, 9. Psalm 56, 9, it says, My enemies will retreat when I call you for help. This I know God is on my side. Some of you, this could change your life right here. Quit trying to, trying to see and wonder if God is on your side. Ask yourself, are you on his side? Don't ask yourself, is, is God on your side? Are you on God's side? Because if you're on God's side, God's behind you and he blesses you and he's got you you have that you have that confidence listen there's not an element in my life that i don't want god to have because each piece matters would you want how many of you only want god to bless this much of your life or that much or that much listen i want all my fingers and toes blessed i want everything god's had i, I used to think man you know what um well that's a selfish prayer no 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 because if i if i embrace and discover all god has for me that's that much more i have to share with the world and impact the world okay you don't need to wonder if god's on your side you need to make sure that you're on god's side but number five you need to know that healing comes in time healing comes in time i've said this before i think as adults it's not that we grow more patient, at least not at my house. How many of you guys know the only reason we're still married is because we went and got duct tape for our mouth occasionally? We're like, mm. you know, and thank you ladies too. I like the fact that sometimes y'all are just really gracious to us, you know. Tell my wife most days, thank you for staying. But we don't grow in patience. We grow in the understanding of its necessity. Okay, we understand patience. That's how we're able to tell um, a, a younger person, hey, you got to be patient about this because it wasn't like we just knew that. We learned that, didn't we? We learned that. You know, always, always having to wait on something in life. Listen, whatever your heartache in Christ, you can find ultimate healing in time. And you, you find that following God one step at a time. And as you get, picture this, okay, as you get wherever God's trying to take you and it, whoever it is you're praying for and needing to pray for out there and praying that they get where God wants them, all of a sudden you intersect because you're both headed towards the same God. He brings it all together. Listen, God's word tells us this too shall pass. This too shall pass. That weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Psalm 32 says, oh Lord my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. Listen, 
make sure that the things that God has healed you over, that you're not acting like you healed yourself, okay? One of the reasons I definitely always want to make sure I acknowledge my pain is because I also want to help people know not only did God accomplish his purpose, but he's the only reason I've gotten anywhere I've gotten. See, things aren't done for, for your glory. They're done for his glory. So make sure people understand that if, you, if God's healed you in time, that, hey, as one lady told me, the lady that, that, that um, buried her husband and two different ones of her kids, I said, ma'am, how in the world did you get over that? And she grabbed my arm right there, and she said, Pastor, I didn't tell you I got over it. I told you God took me through it. And that's when I realized the difference. That's the difference. Listen, the moment you confess your struggles and heartbreak to others, and then you keep putting that heartache in God's hands, even ladies or guys, you feel like you, it's a constant thing, you know, especially if it's something that you're worried about with someone. But listen, that's where the greatest healing begins. You just keep praying. And by the way, people can stop your love. They can stop your phone calls, but they can't stop your prayers. Confessing your sins and your struggles is not a sign of weakness. Is simply recognizing where your true strength and your true comfort and your true healing comes from. In fact, one gigantic step forward. If you want to know my strong opinion on how you get through absolutely tough stuff, especially if you're keeping it all inside, is the most gigantic step forward is to confess that heartache, that struggle with others so that they can pray for you and offer support through your grief. James 5, 16 in the Amplified Bible says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another so that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Maybe you don't feel comfortable just talking to anybody about your struggle. Well, well, why don't you just put that on a communication card? Let us get that to our prayer warriors. Let people who are going to lift up heartfelt prayers and faith-led prayers pray for you on whatever that specific is. But you need to understand, healing takes time. If it, the deeper the heartache, the longer the healing process. The deeper the heartache, the longer the healing process. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11. I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read two verses. It says, there's a season and a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. A time to heal. And, and, and that's in between, okay? That's in between a time to be born and a time to die. In between, there's a lot of different seasons. But one of those is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There you go. We can joke, right? It's right in the Bible. A time to mourn and a time to dance. To all people who grew up Baptist like me, you can dance. Cut a rug after the service. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. I want you to understand, not only do you have to be patient for your healing, but each leg of that process of healing is important. Because each of those moments are appointed. So you don't want to rush your healing because you and other people will miss things that were meant to be impacted on the journey. In fact, I would argue to say this. It is only when you're laying flat on your back in between services crying because your, your whole body's given out on you. And you got a bunch of leaders over you in your office and you can't hide your weakness, all you can do is embrace their prayers and their love. 
It forges relationships, okay? Listen, you get closer when you go through stuff. And especially if you go through stuff together. He's made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. But number six, you need to know that God is working. No matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, no matter how useless it feels in this season. I mean, I don't think a lot of you understand that for, for four years of my life, for four years of my life with my health battle, the only day practically that I ever left the house was on a Sunday to come to preach, preach two services. That's it. Because sometimes, listen, you, you can, I remember saying to my dad, I said, Dad, my prayers are but whispers. I need somebody to pray for me, pray with me. And, you know, when you're on a shelf or when you're in time out, it feels like, are you caught up in this heartache or so? See, we want to just think that thing's a distraction. What if it's a divine intervention? What if it's the very thing that gives opportunity? What is the very thing that gets you where God wants you to be and it truly accomplishes what you've been praying for all along? Listen, I'm not talking about you finding healing after the heartache, but especially during it and seeing God work. Listen, when life drastically changes our old normal, okay? When, God, when life, tra- heartache, the greatest heartache, it changes your new normal. And you then have a new normal. When life drastically changes, it doesn't mean God is not doing something. In fact, in many cases, he's doing even more. He's speaking even louder. Listen, heartache often reshuffles the deck of our lives. And we have to allow God to settle us down, to give us peace, and, to, and we have to believe this, that he has a purpose Philippians 1.6 says, I'm certain that he who began a good work in you will complete it. See, if Satan can get you to where you don't feel like God is still certain about your life, so you think this heartache, not only did it take God by surprise, but it wrecked your future, there's not a thing in your past or in your present that God didn't know was coming. Therefore, it has not denied you of your future. You just didn't see it as a part of your future. Often our heartbreak is associated with life drastically changing. And it's in those times that we have to trust that God is still God, not just on the mountain, but in the valley. And that God is still doing something. And listen, you you sometimes have to be willing to let God do something, just like Jesus had to be willing. He didn't want to go to the cross. He's like, listen, if you can take this cup from me, please take this cup from me. It said his soul was overwhelmed to the point of death. And he's like, but. Not my will, but your will be done. So God, if this is your will, let it be. I've told you before, I've never, ever, ever asked God to just remove my ailments. Ever. There's too much good that he wants to do in it. There's too much that he needs to use with it to get me out of the way. Listen, it's in those times that we have to trust that God is doing something. Because if you can't trust that God's doing something in a heartache, You're going to miss every lesson that he's trying to show you as well as you're going to miss the joy moments that are right in front of you because of the platform that pain and heartache present. You can put this scripture down, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and the wasteland. Oftentimes, the reason we're fighting with God is we want things to be the old way. And God's saying, no, I'm trying to do things a new way. But yeah, no, but God, I want things the old way. Don't we all? 
Life changes. Seasons change. God's always at work, though. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Listen, we just sang it earlier. God takes what the enemy plans to shame you to bring him glory. God takes what the enemy intends to destroy you and he uses it to rebuild you and to restore you. Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done now, the saving of many lives. 1 Peter 5, 10 in the Amplified Bible says, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. The heartache might not have been a part of your plan, but it was a part of his plan, and it's got just as much purpose as your life before. In fact, it is a vehicle that God is going to majorly use to get you towards the greater future he has for you. But last but not least, number seven, you need to know that Christ gives us hope. Christ gives us hope. Our ultimate hope, it is not in our current situation. It is not based on our heartaches or how we feel. Our ultimate hope in Christ is, is in what God has promised to us beyond this life. John 14, 1. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. He goes on to say, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can't have a relationship with God except through Jesus Christ. You can't have a future with God in heaven except through Jesus Christ. But when you do, you have everything. You have everything to look forward to. Heart, the toughest things you'll ever deal with is in this life. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, Dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Listen, we can grieve because we're human. The Bible says Jesus wept. But we need to understand that, that we can still celebrate what God's doing, even in the trials, even in the sorrows. Because, listen, we have hope. Just because it feels hopeless, in Christ, you're never hopeless. John 16, Jesus said, you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Let me ask you this. Do you realize that those who leave this world knowing Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they will never, ever, 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 never face heartache, pain again? It's gone. That's why we can celebrate for our loved ones in the Lord. Because listen, they're not grieving. You are. We are. You can be guaranteed where they are. And this is what the Bible describes heaven with Revelation 21. 4. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And I want to make sure I mention the fact that not only can we celebrate for their new life, but we're also able to celebrate that while we might live the rest of this life, short little life, without them, we will still get to spend forever with them. Because that is the union we find in Christ as brothers and sisters. Hebrews 6.19 in the Amplified Bible, it says, This hope 
this confident assurance we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and a steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells. Listen, Jesus gives us a constant anchor of comfort. We just sometimes can't see the anchor for the heartache. Listen, God will if you'll let him today. If you're willing to humble yourself before him and, and, and choose to, to believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and, and you run to him and let him um, uh, pick you up and, 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 and carry you forward, he will carry you through whatever you're going through. So Hebrews 4, 16, I don't have it on the screen. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I just, I pray, Lord, that, that you will take whatever it is that you've, you've shared with your people today, and I pray that we would all take it to heart. Lord, we would believe, Lord, that even in the greatest heartache, Lord, you've got a greater plan. You've got a greater plan. Lord, there are people today, Lord, they need your healing touch. Lord, there are people today, they need their spirits lifted. God, there are people here today who need to get their focus back on you, Jesus. Lord, there are people today who need to share something with someone so that they can pray with them and care about them. Lord God, may we humble ourselves before you. Lord, knowing that as we do so, God, you will lift us up. You will lift our spirit, Lord, even before you change the situation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This altar is open. If you'll stand with us, I'm available here if you want.